Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome in. Please ignore, just as yeah, I started I talking, the, the fire engine going past us. That's not good. It is um, 22 degrees in Waco right now which does portend a state of emergency in the state of Texas, as where uh, two hours from now, there'll be human beings sitting in snow-covered seats in Buffalo watching a football game. So I bet those kids in Buffalo are actually going to school today, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it is Martin Luther King Day, so I don't have to worry about it. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, there's that. Uh, but there are... Going to be people sitting in seats. And let me tell you this, and I don't care if there's Texans in the chat room that hear this. There's a lot of bravado about the state of Texas. And I live here, and I love it. It's great. But, like, we do like to pretend that we do everything better than everyone else. We do, And that we're tougher. But I can just tell you that had there not been a – had there not been a – a, a, a national holiday today, school would have been out. Right? Are we on, Garrett? Okay, we're good. Yeah, school would have been out. Like, it would have one of those things, like, we didn't get really hardly any accumulation. It was really easy driving in. There was nobody on the roads. Like, I hit no patches of ice in the whole 15-minute drive here. Nothing. It was all fine. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, had there not been a national holiday, there might as well have been a national holiday in Central Texas because nobody would have been going to school. Yeah, the, the, the roads were suspiciously empty just about all over town. I live in Hewitt. I've been in Lacey Lakeview. Two absolute polar opposite ends of Waco, Texas. And uh, I felt like the road was my own. And, yeah. and it had nothing to do with the national holiday. It was every bit to do with the weather. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot of college football stuff to talk about. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit in the last segment, Jacob, about what in the um, – cornbread blue F the Cowboys did yesterday, um, which I'll never, again, it's just pain for Cowboy fans like you and I. Garrett watched giggling and laughing as yeah, a commander. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to go sit in the sit in the snow and, and further numb my pain, I guess. Yeah, but. I know. <laughs> like, you know what? Send me to Buffalo and just let me <laughs> freeze to death like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining <laughs> because then that's the only way I'll understand things. But we, um, we 
Uh, yeah, Kyle Visser says, that's because it's all true. Paul, Texas is better. It is a great place to live. I do like living here. But I do think that our everything's better in Texas, especially after 2021 and the freeze where, like, oh, we don't have a plan for any of this. Like, maybe, like. No, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't here for that freeze. But Texas really is. The, the state that embodies America more than any of the other states, because when, when we're not here, we like to remind everyone of how much better we are than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a neighbor to the north being Oklahoma. Oklahoma is kind of like our Canada because we can just, we can crap on them and we don't have to worry about anyone having a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very true. Like you go to other states and you tell them how much their state sucks. And this is like, you know, I've always wondered like American, like tourists going to places like Switzerland that are like just beautiful. And like every, like even the dirtiest parts of Switzerland are still really pretty. <laughs> and like, ah, America's better. Like, is it? <laughs> I mean, I get the weird system of government they have here but you know is it <laughs> is it so um but yeah we that's that's very much true but that's that's texas for you but uh there's so much that happened the last four days in college football um you know we can we can start by saying you know washington hired a new coach on friday uh or i mean washington lost their coach on friday hire a new coach on sunday uh kaylin DeBoer goes to Alabama, Jed Fish from Arizona goes to Washington. And then the first thing I want to talk about is not even necessarily those two moves, but if you're Arizona and you actually have a coach that other people want to hire, that's good news and bad news. And it was the bad news situation. They just got back to, for the first time in many, many years, being a team that people were afraid of. And now not only are you going to lose your coach, you're probably going to lose your very promising young quarterback and wide receiver who I would just venture to guess are going to be Washington Huskies by this time next week. I'm like, I'm only spitballing on that one, but if I was Jed Fish, the first person I would call as soon as he hit the portal, and I might have said it before I even left, like, hey, um, have you ever been to Seattle? It's a really cool place. They throw fish there, and there's coffee. Uh, <laughs> why don't you come up there and see it? Uh, would be to know if Fafita. So it's... It sucks for Arizona as they're not only good for the first time in forever, but they're also transitioning into a new league. Yep. So you would want stability now more than ever. And they've got a bit of a financial um, situation going on there where they were had a $240 million budget shortfall as an entire university. So all these things you just don't want when you're going through that, you don't want uncertainty. And that's what they're faced with now. Yeah, and like they've had coaches in the past with you know Rich Rodriguez and Kevin Sumlin, who prior to going to Arizona had success, and then they weren't able to get the you know the train on the track when they got to Tucson. And so yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, Jed Fish going to Washington from Arizona, he's not inheriting the same Washington team that Kalen DeBoer had. Yeah, so actually, he's, he's, he's going to have to take some of what he had at Arizona, yeah. and why not? Because that's what coaches do now in this age of the portal. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, there is um, – I think Kalen DeBoer is probably going to rack up a couple guys that follow him to Alabama. Uh, he's going to – like, he's already – like, they've already, you know, straight up lost him guy, Washington guys that have already committed other places. I mean, they had a ton of guys going to the draft anyway. Like, it was going to be, you know, a big reboot for them anyhow. But now, I mean, like – Jed Fish is going to have to rebuild that roster pretty quickly, and I think he can. I think he was an excellent choice for Washington. But, man, like, 
it's uh, it's just I, I'm uh, starting out. I just feel for Arizona, who had to feel for the first time in a long time, like, hey. You know, things are looking up here. We're, we're on the upswing. We're going yeah. into this new Big 12. And then, oh, crap, we're losing our coach well, and probably and, some of the heart of our team. And here's the best thing about the Big 12, even for Arizona, as they, you know, transition. Who's the best team in the new Big 12? Utah right now. Yeah, but are, but are they? I mean, yes. I mean, I would say on paper, right but now, yeah. you have to look at Utah and Kansas State. But Okay, so it's not like... Don't overlook Oklahoma State either. Let's just like I'm so not buying that. Let's just say we flipped the four teams that are coming into the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. So if USC, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA were coming in, you're like, well, Washington and Oregon are the best two teams coming in. But as you look at it now, you you know, the teams that are coming into the like who could like, be the best team? Like Washington and Oregon would automatically be the best team in the Big Twelve if they can't if that was the case. Well, they're not. So who's the best team now that all these teams are here? Like next year the best team could be UCF. We don't know. I mean, like, it's it's just gonna be so wide open. So that's good news for them. But again, there's uncertainty on that because they're gonna be the last team to really hire a coach. You know, because I and I assume that their coach, like this is not gonna set off it, like they're not gonna hire, you know, somebody from like they're not gonna hire Jim Harbaugh like the Chargers would, like that one's going to be open. But I think Michigan is probably going to be open by the end of this week, but I think it'll be open for about an hour and a half before Sharon Moore gets the job. I mean, it goes to show there's a ripple effect that happens when yeah. any coach just decides to either step down or gets fired. Nick Saban, you didn't think initially when he retired that it would have any effect on the Big 12. But now that Kalen DeBoer goes, goes to Alabama from Washington, Jed Fish goes up from Arizona to Washington, and um, – now it has an effect on the outlook of the Big 12 Conference heading into 2024. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and again, like, I do feel bad uh, for Arizona in that. And because, again, they've been trying so hard to get their, you know, to, to get back to where they're more than just an afterthought in, in football. And you know, they finally had a guy who was coaching him up, and now he's gone uh, off to another school in, in, in what is now another league. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's got to sting a little bit more for them, but let's drill down into the hires now that have been made. So Kalen DeBoer at Alabama, uh, we talked about it on the big show on Friday, uh, because that's when the news had come down. I think it's a really good hire because I don't think he's, I don't, I think he knows that he's not going to be Nick Saban and he'll be able to convey the message better than most that, Hey, I'm not Nick Saban. The hardest part of the Alabama job is convincing the Alabama fans that, it was Nick Saban that did this. He, he wasn't the person who, like, you know, fulfilled some sort of mythical prophecy that was supposed to last for the rest of time. You know, like 10,000 years of dominance. Like, that's not really what's going to happen. Nick was just that good at, at being a, the college. Just the greatest coach ever. He's the greatest coach ever. So the next coach you get is, and no offense to Kalen DeBoer, if that happens, then, like, wow, Alabama's got, you know, yeah, they, quite, they, quite the streak. But – Nick Saban was what you know is the best coach ever, and you know Kalen Abor is a good coach, and we'll see where he goes. So I think it's a good hire because there's going to be a lot. There would be a lot of guys who would probably try to go in there and maybe pretend like it was all the same. And I don't think Kalen Abor is going to do that. I mean, the the thing that Kalen Abor has going for him is that he he's won everywhere that he has been, and he's probably going to be able to bring a pack of Huskies with him to to Tuscaloosa, and he. 
he doesn't have to necessarily win a national championship in his first year, although that would go a long way. <laughs> because, I mean, he, like you said, he's not Nick Saban. He sh people shouldn't expect him to be Nick Saban. But, you know, he gets to uh, – he gets to take his, you know, his winning brand that he's had everywhere that he's been, from Fresno State to Washington and uh, Sioux Falls. Like he, even though like th these are short stints in you know smaller programs, he's won everywhere he's been. And so like for him to get Washington to the power that they were in only two years, I think Alabama, if they have a dip, it's going to be very brief. Yeah. Well, and look, here's the thing. Um, Everybody's about to have a bit of a dip as far as your overall record goes, more than likely. Because the conferences are all, all like, next year, the conferences are all going to be different. Like, the power, like, it's now the power four. There's all these new teams in the conferences. There's a 12-team playoff. So next year, 2024 starts a completely new era in college football where you can't just look at your schedule and go 12-0. Mm -hmm. Like you, you got to look at it and think, okay, the 10 and two, 10 and should, two and maybe an eight seed in that playoff. Yeah. Like you need to think about that. And then like, if you wind up being 12 and oh, you are probably a juggernaut, like just everything's humming for you and you have no injuries, you know, um, you need to have basketball type expectations for your good teams of like, look, just get in and see what happens. NFL type expectations, just get in and see what happens. That's what most of the NFL fan bases have. Um, not us, but that's another topic mm -hmm. for later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is it's now the uh, you know I, I think it's one of those deals where you have uh, you know you have to look at things differently. I'm not sure fans will, but it's a good thing because once they get used to it, they'll be like, oh okay, we don't have to like. You know, we're not going to have to dread that second loss unless it's just you could be the third team and you're like, oh, man, that, that second loss was bad because there's these two teams that are really good. But In, in a 12-team playoff, two losses is not going to be a hickey on the, uh, on the neck of an Alabama team in a 12-team playoff because they're still Alabama, and if there's going to be any – you know, open spots, say, one through eight are taken, and Alabama's still on the outside looking in. They're, they've got maybe even three losses. They're still Alabama, and they always get the benefit of the doubt. They're probably going to eke their way in if they have any two to three loss win, you know, seasons. Yeah, so everything's going to be fine there, and I think he'll he'll bring in a good staff. I do, like, I do think, like, if I'm Arizona, though, I would consider hiring Ryan Grubb. Uh, as my head coach is the offensive coordinator, but he's probably going to be at Bama's offensive coordinator. But I would give Ryan Grubb a look. Although the, the thing about hiring a coach now with, with the other signing day coming around and the transfer portal is you probably don't have as much time to interview like three or four guys. You kind of have to hone in on two and then hope for the, you know, that you get that done pretty quickly. Because that's what it seems like Washington did. You know, they honed in on a couple guys figured out the one that they wanted and then moved on it. Um, and, and Alabama did like, okay, well, yes, we want Jed fish. Let's call Jed fish. And then Jed fish was the guy. So, uh, and then as far as Jed fish to Washington, look, they're going to have to build the roster up from pretty much nothing because kind I say studs, nothing, but yeah. they've got some depth of people that were there. But the bottom line of this is, is that they, uh, 
I mean, they're losing, like, the entire offense. I mean, they had <laughs> Trey Watson and Will Rogers commit. Trey Watson actually enrolled at Washington. Yeah. And then now they're just turning right around and going somewhere else, getting right back in the portal. It just goes this goes to show how crazy the Wild West landscape of this transfer portal looks like. Because you can commit and enroll and then not spend a single day on campus. You can just hop right back in that portal. Well, yeah, well, because of, you know, the coaching change. They've got the 30-day the window is open for them. Um, I would not be surprised to see Will Rogers in Michigan. Really? What? Well, J.J. McCarthy just declared. I know. My, my, I'm hesitant on Will Rogers because – like watching him after that shoulder injury and watching mm -hmm. him throw, especially down the stretch last year, he had no velocity on his deep ball at all. Now I know that's going to get better with time and, uh, you know, in the repetition and everything. But in general, man, if I'm a program like Michigan, I would be a little hesitant to grab him just because I don't know about his velocity, especially going into the cold weather up there. That, that would be an interesting one from in my well, perspective. Well, look, they, they won it, you know, Several games this year where the quarterback All you didn't do is throw. Hand it off, yeah. So they'll. I mean, like I think that's why it maybe works. And they've got uh, Orgy there. That's their other quarterback that's and coming up. We'll, we'll coming see. Back. I mean, look there. And again, um, Michigan has to figure out what Jim Harbaugh's doing before they. You know, they're really able to go out and tell players like, "Hey, come here," because we know exactly who the head coach is going to be. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Uh, and um, you know, so this is. This is not as far as like crazy as far as a couple years ago with Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley and 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 Luke Fickle and all those that movement we have around, but it's pretty darn close to where you know the greatest coach of all time retires and then sets off this chain of events that um, right now has Arizona uh, saying, okay, well, what do we do? And then more than likely, it's going to have a school like San Jose State or you know someone like that going, okay, well, now what do we do? here you know i think brent brennan from san jose state is going to be a high on their list because he was a finalist the last time around but um to go back to jed fish at washington he's proven to be a program builder he's got a quarterback with a ton of eligibility left that he can bring with him and a wide receiver so they can kind of hit the ground running there and then build out from that but again they're also going to a new league it's going to be tough for them so there's uh there's gonna be a large transition for the huskies this year, but Jed Fish has been, he's well-traveled in a good way in coaching. Like, he keeps getting jobs. Like, he's been in the NFL. He's been offensive coordinator in the NFL. He's been offensive coordinator in Michigan. He's been, he's been at Florida. He's been in the SEC, the Big Ten. He's been, you know, in the pack. He's, he's been everywhere. So, he has recruiting abilities that, that are clearly, you know, well-entrenched around the country. Um, you have to recruit nationally now because of the portal. I, I think that he'll do really well there and probably pretty quickly, except for the fact that that Washington roster just has a lot of holes you got to fill really fast, and you kind of hope that the guys that stay uh, were ready to kind of start for you and get ready so you're not looking at, you know, a 50-guy portal rebuild like Colorado did. Well, Colorado was like 70 guys, but – you know, whatever it was, but yeah, all that mm -hmm. huge guys in the portal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just an interesting thing when a school like Arizona has a vacancy, especially with them moving into the big 12, it's a little bit more relevant than it has been in years past. Cause like when they hired Jed fish, was that really big time headline news? No, no, no. And so like now there's actually a little bit of like, Hey, you can win here at Arizona vibe and we're going into a new league and it's really up for like, like we just kind of touched on it. Nobody really knows who the be the best team in the Big Twelve is going to be next mm -hmm. year, and so this Arizona job is probably about as attractive as it has ever been. Yeah, it is. And so 
you know, like there are, you know, I, I did a top five. Uh, I'll give you a little preview of my top five today. Can we do that? Is that allowed, Garrett? Run it. Let's a, do it. A little preview of the top five. Yeah. So, um, you know, Barry Odom, you know, I think would get, kick, get the tires kicked. I would not be surprised, although it would really be a stretch to see Cliff Kingsbury maybe get the Back call in at Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Oh, you think he's wanted in that state? Oh, I mean, who cares? Yeah. Like, you I mean, know, it, it's not Phoenix. It's Tucson. You know, it's, yeah. a, di- it's a different breed well, of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, a name I've seen kicked around for that job a little bit uh, on the on the corners of the college football Internet is Scott Frost in that, you know, going back to Nebraska was probably not the smartest move for him career wise. And like mm-hmm. they kind of made him like, oh, you're the one who can bring us back to the 90s. But. What happened in Nebraska until Matt Rule, and it took Scott Frost, like, you know, one of the most Nebraska-y Nebraska players ever who was on those national championship teams to, like, oh, he can't even fix it to them. We go, like, oh, maybe it's not 1997 anymore. Like, maybe that mm-hmm. time has passed, and we need to approach this in a new way, which is why you hire somebody like Matt Rule, who's a program builder, as opposed to everyone else that just kept thinking that they were going to hit Control-Alt-Delete and restart Nebraska. Like, that's mm-hmm. not what Nebraska needed. So maybe I think people think about, like, look, Scott Frost, when he was at UCF, won a ton of games, won a very fictional national championship uh, for the UCF fans. Uh, but, like, Scott Frost won a lot. That's why he got the job at Nebraska. Now, I would rather see Scott Frost before he gets back on there because I actually do like the guy. Um, maybe go be an offensive coordinator. And I think the best spot for him would be Iowa. I told you this earlier, oh, Garrett. Yeah, definitely. Like, that would be huge because – Make Iowa games worth watching? Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine the Scott Frost offense and the Phil Parker defense trying to figure that whole thing out? I would love it. I would love it too. Yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, go get your party on Kirk Ferentz. Like, <laughs> let's let's play some football. But, I, you know. Live it up like Caligula there, yeah. Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think it would happen because, like – I think he would like Kirk Ferentz would sit in the in the uh, meeting with Scott Frost and be like, "So, uh, first and ten, we just gotten the ball on a touchback uh, to start the game. So we're at the twenty-five yard line. It's first and ten. How many wide receivers are on the field?" And he's like, "Well, uh, you know, if we're playing a team like Purdue, you know, I'm going to use, you know, probably some." Uh, some 10 personnel, like, or I'm going to throw out four wide receivers, and he's going to be like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, what do you, you, like, are you okay? What do you think this is, a discotheque go-go? What's going <laughs> yeah. on here? Coach, are you, are you okay? He's like, I'm sorry. No, I must have had some, some bad stuff at lunch. Like, okay. Um, this isn't Vegas, son. Yeah. Like, uh, all right, so let's just throw another scenario. It's fourth, fourth quarter, eight minutes left. We're down, by, we're down by seven. We've had to use two of our timeouts, um, you know, but uh, we don't want to score too fast. And he's like, Oh, I can score twice in seven minutes, maybe three times. What? Oh, oh, oh. I'm Wait, sorry. It, it, <laughs> Am do I making a panic? I don't think I've ever had a panic attack before. Is he where panic attacks are? Like, I think that would Kirk Do you Harris. have a highly featured fullback in your offense, Scott Frost? Uh, no, not really. Oh, come on, Scott Frost. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so uh, your quarterback, he's, uh, <laughs> he's just going to kind of bus drive things, right? Like, no, no, no. I really would like him to, to be kind of a multidimensional player that can do a lot of things. Like, I, I don't know what. Uh, what you think here? <laughs> I don't know what, like, you know, <laughs> let's just put pornography in the locker rooms then. <laughs> no, I. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think he should do that. But it is interesting to hear his name come back up because he's been out for a year. But look, I like 
I don't think Scott Frost went to Nebraska and forgot how to coach. I think he was just overwhelmed by the favorite son having to fix everything. Mm -hmm. And I am a one of, I think you need to be able to learn from jobs. I just don't know if I'm Arizona, if I want to be the, let's see if we can fix Scott Frost. Because they were the, let's see if we can fix Kevin Sumlin. Let's see if we can fix Rich Rodriguez. Let's (laughs) see if we can fix this guy. No, like Chad Fisher's a good one because you hired a coach that was on the rise. And he showed that he could be a very, very good FBS have head coach and is still on the rise. So who's the next Jed Fish? I don't think it's Scott Frost. That's that's my opinion, but it is interesting to see his name thrown out. I, I, I have one name, and it might be a little too early, but I think I want to get your take on it. What about G.J. Kenny? Oh, I, like, I don't think that's too early. I think that the way things work now, I mean, that would be kind of an interesting one. Look, he won a Big 12 game this year on the road anyway. <laughs> <did>. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, he did. Yeah, I, I think he'll. I think he'll be in the mix. I think he'll be in the mix. I do think, you know, and which is why, like, I think Barry Odom's going to get a look at this um, because he's he's been, you know, he's at Missouri. Uh, I don't think Missouri's problems were all of Barry Odom's making. He's clearly done a really no, good job yeah. at UNLV. But again, are you getting Barry Odom on the rise? Or are you are you doing the same thing you did with Rich Rodriguez and Kevin Sumlin and those other guys? You know, it, I think it's like the Rich Rodriguez light. Uh, yeah. that, that, that's, that, that would be my take, but like you said, he has done a good job at UNLV. Yeah. I mean, look, and Rich Rodriguez got fired from Arizona because he was just awful to his assistant, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, there's – I think they've got to they've figure that, that out. Like, Jed Fish was a good hire because he was on the rise. Is – who's on the rise? Is it Brent Brennan? Is it G.J. Kenny? Again, if it's Cliff Kingsbury, we're the ones who are going to get Cliff Kingsbury right. That's, that's kind of – and that's a very common thing in, in sports in general. Like when there's a highly touted player, think about the transfer portal. How many of these guys in the transfer portal that were top 100 recruits that have not lived up to being a top 100 recruit over their careers are, have five schools looking at them because they're like, I'm the one – like Nick Saban didn't use this guy right. Now, look, sometimes like you can have a guy that plays three years at Alabama – and he's probably really good for you, but he wasn't playing at Alabama because yeah. the two guys in front of him were just superstars. So maybe that's not the right example. But like, but if you think about it, like, oh, well, Brian Kelly couldn't get anything out of this guy, and, and neither could Lincoln Riley, but I'll be the one who figures him out. Like, that one, like, sometimes, like, guys have peaked, you know. Yeah. You maybe need to address that, but that, that's how it goes. It's the same with coaches. Like, we'll be the one who figures Cliff out. Cliff, this is really where he needs to be and then we'll build around him what he needs. I, I, I think that sometimes you need to have a guy who's got it, like, like Kalen DeBoer, who's got it figured out no matter where he goes. Because when Kalen DeBoer walked into that interview at Alabama, he was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do to make sure that we don't miss a beat. Boom, 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 boom. Here's what I did here. It's worked, it's worked, it's worked. And then they're like, all right, good deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see you in a couple days. <laughs> Come on back. Uh, Jed Fish, same thing he did at Washington. Same thing he did when he was at Arizona and interviewed. Um, I think you need to, to have that. Or, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the top five. Brian Harson's an interesting name to me at Arizona because I do think that he got hosed at Auburn. Yes, he um, did. But I don't know. I do think there's two sides to every story, and I'm wondering how – his personality and their personality clashed so fast, like so fast. It was, it was so fast that it was, 
I mean, it would be a breath of fresh air dealing with people, donors, boosters, whoever the powers may be at Arizona as opposed to freaking Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would. But that's another one that I'll throw out there. When we come back, Cam Ward was going to the NFL. Not anymore. He is now on his way to Miami. Other portal movement. We'll talk about that next. This is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. So, Jacob, I think you were here a couple weeks ago when I was making, I think, like, bi-weekly pleas to Cam Ward to yeah. make an excellent life decision and go to Florida State instead of Miami. And, um, obviously... I mean, does, he, he, he's doing this, but does it look like more like one finger to you as, as a Florida State? <laughs> I mean, like, um, it just, it hurt, like, it hurts that, like, I took time out of my show to, you know, to make an impassioned plea to you, which I thought was very heartfelt and sweet. And, you know, and you decide to go to the University of Miami, although, like, I think it's a good decision for him. Like, he's, it's, he's going to get a lot of attention there. He's going to, um, they have a, a, an established offensive line. They've got other problems, but I do think it's going to be interesting to see Cam Ward in Miami next year. But it's it is uh, uh, it's still like a huge deal because Miami was like when Cam Ward said he was going to the NFL. Then they tried a whole bunch of other quarterbacks, and they brought in Reese Poffenbarger from from Albany, and like that was just like they kind of just hit the wall on everything else, and they were getting to the point where it's like, well, who's it going to be now? Like, who's going to come there if all these other people said no? But Cam Ward coming should help them also get some of the transfers because they need help at running back, wide receiver. The offensive and defensive lines are pretty well built. That's, that's kind of a Mario Cristobal specialty there. Um, and I, I think the only thing that, that Cam Ward's really going to run into problematically at Miami is – not sure Mario Cristobal is that dude yet. Like there are, I have questions about his um, game day decisions and his, uh, you know, view of the clock and yeah. what his quarterback should be doing in certain situations against Georgia Tech. If you catch my drift, yeah. Which, for the record, Paul, I think you might have given Cam Ward some stage five clinger vibes because. Not only did he not go to Florida State, he went to Florida State's bitter rifle. Yeah, he did. I don't mean like it was just. I would say they weren't they weren't creepy. Would you, Garrett? No, they weren't creepy. They were justifiable. I think. Were, I think you 
made a good kiss ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were fireside chats. I I would say the vibe of that is like, hey, listen, everything's great in Tallahassee. Look, we Fire, don't... fireside chats by you being Alec Baldwin and him being Adam Sandler, the Canteen Boy. I hope, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm thinking more FDR kind of a fireside okay. chat. Yeah, like those kind of things. You know, everything's going to be all right. Like, don't worry about it. But look, it'll be interesting. FSU got DJU, who I think will be really good in Mike Norvell's offense. Yeah, yeah that'd I think be good. I think it's fine. Like, I was fine either way. I was just a little surprised that like he made this decision, but also in that he. Today's the last day where you can declare for the NFL draft. So they had to make up their minds. And, you you know, sometimes you get your draft thing back and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what he got was like, yeah, we think you've got some potential. But, you know, if you look at Cam Ward, if you're going to go to the draft and you're trying to be a day, but at least a day two pick, I don't think he was guaranteed to be picked in the first two rounds. And I think it would have gotten really dicey if you get to the third round, because then at that point, at the third round, if a team needs a quarterback today, then the third round quarterback is usually not going to be the guy that's more of a project guy. So it's probably better off for him because at that point, there's not going to be maybe a lot of picks in that round. And you could, as far as quarterbacks go, but you know, in, in this particular draft, you're talking about Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, all before you. And, and, J and J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy, all before you. And probably Michael Pratt from Tulane, all before you, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all those guys that are all before you. Well, if you get down to the seventh quarterback... It's you might as well try and go and play another year at college and get yeah. a bigger payday next year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, show what you can do because it's more wide open next year because the way I look at it right now, I think the two top quarterbacks nationwide coming back will be Carson Beck and Quinn Ewers as far as NFL Should be, guys yeah. go. And then you're going to have kind of a, a toss-up for, all right, well, let's see what, you know, what DJU and Cam Ward have in the tank is, is fifth and sixth year guys. Riley uh, Leonard. Riley Leonard. Yeah. Let's see what he's got in the tank. You know, let's see what those guys are. And, and then there's going to be people we're not even talking about right now that wind up, you know, in that mix. So th that's what you do. And because right now it's, I mean, it's, it's not you. You're not, mm -hmm. you're not one of those guys. So anyway, I, I like, that's an interesting portal story. Um, you know, the, the way that, um, you know, some of these players are pouring out of Washington is very interesting. Um, let's see. There was another good one I wanted to throw at you. Oh, here's one. Uh, C.J. Daniels from Liberty. Garrett, I know you don't know a lot about him. Yeah. But he's a stats monster with Caden Salter and Jamie Chadwell's offense this year. He's on his way to your beloved LSU Tigers. Well, I mean, if you look at LSU right now, you're definitely going to have to bring in some guys to replace neighbors, and they'll obviously go into the league. Uh, you're going to get uh, um, Lacey back next year, but you definitely have, to have a lot of holes to fill. If you get, if he's able to go out there and take the top off uh, and just give Garrett Nussmeyer a deep threat to work with, I think that could be valuable. I think LSU is going to have to really rely on Mason Taylor's progression this year and, and dumping down to him at the tight end position. But any help that they can bring in on the outside is valuable. I'm excited to see what he could do with the offense because uh, that's going to be obviously a work in progress as well as you change offensive coordinators. But I'm looking forward to see what he could do on the Bayou. They definitely need a burner. Yeah. they. Um, but it looks like coordinator-wise, did they promote? What did they do? 
Offensive coordinator-wise? I, I, I can't remember on that one. i got to go back and look. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, I know they brought in the whole new defensive staff, which was totally needed. Much but needed. Yeah. Uh, here's another one that is not a surprise. Alabama wide receiver Isaiah Bond, who uh, left uh, Alabama um, – as soon as Nick Saban he was, said he was leaving, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody's like, hey, where do you think Isaiah Bond's going to go? You think he's going to you know, kick the tires in a place like Iowa State or Rutgers? No. Everybody said, hey, Isaiah Bond's probably going to wind up at Texas. He got on a plane. He flew to Austin. He took a visit, and guess what? He's now going to play at Texas, and that's a huge get yes, for the is. Longhorns, who now will have uh, two big-time Really exciting transfer portal receivers in Matthew Gold and Isaiah Bond for Quinn Ewers to replace two really good players in Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell. Uh, they're probably not going to miss a beat. And then John Tay Cook uh, as a rising, I guess he'll be a sophomore, a redshirt freshman. He should one. be a yeah, redshirt, redshirt freshman, I believe. Yeah, redshirt freshman. So you've got those three guys, not to mention whatever you figure out at tight end to make up for Jatavian Sanders. And I'm sure there's probably, you know, Five other wide receivers that'll wind up there. Who knows? But Sark goes and gets Isaiah Bond, and that is he's going to be fun in that offense. Uh, if you're a Texas fan, if you're a Texas fan, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's Jacob's thoughts on that. If you're a Texas fan, <laughs> and another um, one that's interesting: Washington transfer cornerback Jabbar Muhammad uh, apparently going to visit Oregon and Texas, uh, which. The one thing about the transfer portal, and this is probably a generational thing, and it does have to do with money, and it is free agency. So, as someone who's a Red Sox fan, I've seen many of you know, I've seen Wade Boggs and Johnny Damon and Roger Clemens and you know, countless people walk out the door and go to New York City um, and play for the Yankees. But I, um, college is just a little bit different. Like, I get if you're going to transfer, but clearly nothing was imparted on you by the, uh, by the student body that you would just go to the biggest rival. That one is the weird one to me. FSU just got an offensive lineman from Florida, and they got a defensive back from Miami. And while I'm thrilled with that, I still don't get it. Like, there is – if I had – look – just as a student, if I just decided that Florida State was not the place for me, I know the two places I would have never gone after a couple of years there would have been Florida and Miami. There's not a chance I would have gone to either of those places. And I was a regular student. I didn't, nobody from those schools hit me in a football game or talked trash to me, but it's just maybe a different thing. Like, I'm right there with you. And, and like, these, these college kids that hit the portal, whether they're going to a rival or not, they, they don't have to commit to a multi-year contract the way that you do in free agency with pro sports that has, you know, four years, $45 million, $20 million guaranteed, none of that. They can just get up and go. And after one year, if you are at one school and, like, you, you, it's just one year of your life. Maybe, maybe you don't have that much of a commitment and you see, hey, maybe they're going to offer me a little bit of cash to come here and play, and I'll have a better opportunity to see the field. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, I get it. Granted, I um, granted, I wouldn't, I would never, you know, touch Texas or Texas A and M or TCU with a ten foot pole. Yeah, I mean, like you just wouldn't do it, right? Yeah. Like you just, I'm, I'm petty like that. Yeah. No, I mean, like you know, look, it's, it's not working out for me here. I need to go play somewhere else. Like. I'll go anywhere but those two places. Who else is on the table? Because part of it was like, and maybe you don't have the emotion, 
that you that I like a normal person would. And it's different. Like it's I mean, different if, now. You're telling me if Florida came and offered offered offensive lineman Paul Catalina a bag, you ain't going. I mean, who else is offering me a bag? Let's say. Um, Oh, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> like again. So, so let's say Clemson. Uh, okay, Florida. well, I'm sorry, there's three. <laughs> All right, so Clemson, Florida. Um, hell, so I don't know. Give me, give me four options. Give me a fourth option that's. Like, so Clemson, it, Miami, and Florida have all offered me a bet. You get Texas because no, I know your A&M style. So oh, now you Texas. Pick. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So See, I've got. No, I'll, I'll, I, th- these are all schools that you hate. I'll, I'll do three schools minus Texas. I'll do Clemson, Florida, uh, and Miami. And then what, what's, what's a big step down? Like a, like a big a, step down from them? Yeah, like a Toledo or a Miami, Ohio. Like a place that's. Throw in, throw in Tulane. Let's make it Tulane. All right, you know what? Here's the, here's the deal. To stand on principle, even though this may not make good financial sense, <laughs> I'm going to Tulane in New Orleans, a city I love. Oh, what oh, a drag. Okay, you get I to go guess. hang so out on Bourbon Street. <laughs> all right, I bet. I yeah, like so there we go. Now, if you like, if you told me it's like, you know, Miami, Clemson, Florida, and say like Iowa, and like it's cold, then I'll tell you what. If I have to pick, if I do have to pick between the three, if the three are, if it's Clemson, Miami, and Florida. Okay. I'm picking Miami every time. Why? Every time. Well, first of all. Just the beach, South Beach in general? For, first of all, Gainesville, Florida is an absolute hole. I can imagine that. Yes. <laughs> Miami's kind of cool, that, right? <laughs> that, part, that part of Florida, like the whole general part of Florida in the middle right there, like that little stretch is not the best. Like that's where all, not all. Like shorts and but wrestling the floor, Like the Florida man, like this guy, you know. Has a pet gator and yeah. some pythons in his backyard. Yeah, he tried to molest a panther. Like those kind of stories happen. <laughs> Where you from? Most, you don't know gator. Mo- mostly in those like little areas. But um, Clemson, South Carolina. Look, I probably look. I'll just face it. Dabo and I would not drive. It's not gonna mess. Yeah, it would. Dabo and I wouldn't drive. Billy Napier and I might because I li- I do kind of like I-, I like Billy Napier. I know the Florida fans don't like him, but I, I kind of like I like his general vibe. Uh, but look, if I'm going to go and like, just go for money and like to have a good college football experience, I'm going to go to Coral Gables. Like the rock went there. Like it can't, you know, <laughs> it can't be that bad. So that's where I would go. If it was between those three, that's where I would like, it would just be like, well, I guess I'm going to Miami and just you gonna, know, just going to fully accept being a sellout. If you have to choose between the three, look, which is what the whole city of Miami is about. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. I would I would fit in very well. Like I could see you being the next Nevin Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the deal. If I like if I to just go and pretend like I'm cool places, then I would fit in very well in Miami. I could I could very much see myself wearing the shirt unbuttoned down to here. <laughs> Pinky ring. <laughs> yeah. Gold chain. Sandwich. Yeah. 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 Weren't like Wearing a jacket, even though that, that's never really a requirement in Miami for any reason. That bothers me. Like, I want to tell you, one of the things that bothers me when I watch television shows or movies that are set in Florida, especially like when it's like cop shows, yeah. like they'll be in the police station and they're like, hey, let's go talk to this guy. And then they'll grab a jacket off of a coat rack and then walk out the door. And I'm like, 
the people who made this show like ever been in a building in Miami and seen a goddamn coat rack? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't. It's 88 <laughs> degrees outside. No big deal. <laughs> It'll be fine. I don't know. Like, did you guys like maybe just, here's the deal. I know you're shooting the show in Los Angeles more than likely, but I'm sure there's a budget for you to get on a Southwest flight and fly from, say, John Wayne to Fort Lauderdale, uh, get in a rental car and drive around Miami and tell me how many people you see wearing jackets. You don't. Bothers me like crazy. Yeah, there's a reason the Dolphins didn't fare well in that Kansas City weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were, like, the minute... Okay, think about this for the Dolphins in Kansas City the other day. Tua has never won a game in a temperature less than 45 degrees. It felt like... It was minus 30, so it felt like 75 degrees colder than the coldest game he's ever won. Nope. <laughs> Not seven degrees colder. I mean, from Hawaii, 75. college in Alabama, now he's in Miami. What, what made you think that that was going to go well? No, <laughs> no. He's like, I promise you he walked out on that frozen hellscape and <laughs> thought, like, I need to make my peace with God. <laughs> this, is, this is where it ends for me. When we come back, let's... Uh, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Look, we're in the point of the year where college yeah. football can't fill up everything, and plus we'll just get kind of repetitive talking about it. The NFL playoffs for this weekend, there were some really good games. Uh, most of them were actually really good games. I'm just going to go. And then a really terrible one. I'm going to go grab a snowball and stuff it right in my underwear before this next segment, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back. It's our NFL playoff segment today. And there were, like, the, the Lions and... Rams game was excellent last night. It was, it was really good. Happy for those fans in Detroit who uh, have experienced a feeling that they either haven't felt in 30 years or a lot, a never lot of, felt. Yeah, there's a lot of Detroit fans that have never, ever experienced a playoff win. Yeah, there's like there was a lot of playoff virginities being lost <laughs> <laughs> last night for Detroit fans. And then, like, long droughts of that going on. And... So that was great for them. I, I really like Dan Campbell. I really do. I think like he, I've, I very much enjoy his coaching style. Like it may not be for everybody or may not work out, but like, look, he's very much of damn the torpedoes. Let's just go and let's try to win the game every time we're given an opportunity to win the game. Um, sometimes it works out. Last night, 
Sometimes it doesn't, like you did against the Cowboys, where sometimes you like just try let, so hard to trick everybody that you forget to. Yeah, I think he he let emotions get in the way of that Cowboys Cowboys game, and frankly, it, it might be all for the best that the Cowboys didn't beat the Packers because. For them to get a rematch against the Lions, that might have been a very volatile situation. Yeah, yeah, because they would have felt wronged. And the Lions still, like, I don't know. We're getting to the Cowboys in a second. Uh, the Chiefs and Dolphins, the Chiefs just continue to chief. I mean, they, you know, they figured out kind of who they are right now. Is there a team based on their defense? And, you know, Rasheed Rice was has been excellent down the stretch for them. The only wide receiver they had, like they could honestly let go of everybody on that roster other than him for next year and come in and get the same production that they got out of the rest of their wide receiver room this year. That's not a rookie third round pick from SMU. Mm -hmm. So underdrafted, I thought Rasheed Rice, but it's hard to like when you've got receivers from Bama and Georgia and all these places in front of you to maybe like not break through the top, but, should make people look a little bit harder. Um, and, I mean, the Chiefs have a, a luxury in that they have Patrick Mahomes, so they don't necessarily have to prioritize wide receiver the way that every single other team in the league does because he elevates the, the level of everyone who catches passes in his offense. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, like the, the fact that he's got – and, look, he didn't, like Patrick Mahomes has not had his best year this year. It's not just no. on the receivers, it's on him too. But like they the Chiefs and Andy Reid to figure out who they are. I don't I still don't like them to make the Super Bowl just because I think there are there are better teams out there than them right now and they, you know, the things can change in the playoffs and Mahomes doesn't lose in the playoffs all that often, but I do think that there's yeah. certainly uh, you know, propensity for them to to kind of lose. So, um, we'll see Buffalo and uh, and the Steelers comes up here in a minute. Um, the Eagles and Bucks are tonight, and those are teams that did not end the year on the strongest of notes. So we'll see what that means now that the playoffs have started. And uh, I feel like I'm leaving somebody out. Oh, the Texans just ran roughshod over the Browns. Yeah, that, that Joe Flacco fairy tale, that he turned into a pumpkin really fast. <laughs> yeah, he turned back into Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. he grew his unibrow right back after that yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really pulling for Joe Flacco as a fellow Italian. But uh, that's over now. But let's talk about the absolute disastrous, like, just – Cowboys game like this is in the run of this 13 playoff runs now in 28 years that they've not made a conference championship or the Super Bowl. This is the first one season where I thought they've actually done everything they need to do to set themselves up in that position without, you know, to have the best path outside of winning the overall best record. Um, which they did actually, because so there's the second one, because there's that Wade Phillips year where they did have the first round bye and lost that one too. Yeah. This was from the jump. And there is something, and this is why I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to be at the Cowboys anymore. Four years, they've won one playoff game. And it just seems like he has a game plan. And then if one thing goes wrong early, they cannot ever get the momentum back. So they had a sack on the first drive that was called back because of an illegal contact penalty. So instead of having that like emotional momentum on the first drive, Green Bay went down the field and scored. And then from that moment on, 
it felt like all 53 guys had checked out. Yeah. And that's where I think Mike McCarthy hits the wall. That and clock, look, they only scored that touchdown at the end of the half by the grace of the officials um, calling the pass interference on. And missing a Tyler Smith false start, too. Yeah. I mean, so, like, by the grace of that, that's the only way that they got that touchdown before the half. Otherwise, they'd have thrown that ball to the one yard line and not had enough time to run a play. So I think the Cowboys are going to make a change. I think it's probably going to be Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. Those are the two people I think it'll be. Jerry loves Bill Belichick. If I'm Bill Belichick, too, to kind of try to prove the Patriots wrong, I'm going to go to the roster that's the most built for the playoffs. Of all the open jobs, that would be the Cowboys. And just try to put my stamp on it for a couple years and see if I can get into the trophy and then ride off into the sunset. But I like – I don't know how that, like, can Bill and Jerry work together, even though Jerry loves, and I mean loves, Bill Belichick. Loves him. How much will he love him when they have to work together? I mean, I think there's, there's a chance that, that Jerry, I mean, it's been long enough that the Cowboys have had, you know, s- since they've been to the Super Bowl or even an NFC title game, and, you know, inducting Jimmy Johnson into the Ring of Honor this year, there's a chance, slight chance, that maybe he is softened with age and – Maybe bringing in Bill Belichick, a guy who has six Lombardi trophies on his wall, can uh, you know come in and you know take more of a uh, a grip over the team than Jerry would let anybody else do. But at the same time, J- Bill Belichick, I'm as a Cowboys fan, I'm skeptical because his record without Tom Brady is a losing record. Yeah, that's true. And look, I I just think he can like look. Dak Prescott is good. He's not great. Yeah, And he had the best season of his career this year until yesterday. I think Bill Belichick can win with Dak Prescott. I think he can win with what they have on defense. I think he can make some personnel tweaks that can, can maybe get them past that level. Again, he doesn't have to build this whole roster. It's pretty well built. Like, they have some holes, linebacker. They're going to have to do some things in the offensive line um, because, you know, Tyron Smith's probably not coming back. Uh, you know, they, like, they've um, – the center is uh, Tyler Biotish is a free agent. Like there's those things they have to deal with, you know, Leighton Vander Esch probably not going to play again linebacker. So they've mm-hmm. got things that they've got to do, but um, I just think that like for anybody, this is a pretty quick build to like, you don't have to like Jason Garrett set the Cowboys up to a certain level where they were very consistent. He just wasn't the dude. Yeah, he, he Mike hit his Mc- ceiling and, and got the coach for another five years. Mike <laughs> McCarthy inherited a good situation and and added a little bit to it, but really when it came down to it, playoff Mike McCarthy was just not a good coach. Just wasn't the right guy. And so I think he's going to be let go because we got four years in one playoff win if you're the Cowboys, and, and you, you got to move on. So it'll be interesting to see how fast that moves. I know that like maybe there might be some Harbaugh talk there. I don't think he's getting out of San Diego – or San Diego – out of L.A. without that job. Like I think he's going to be the Chargers head coach. Uh, and if I'm him, that's kind of the one I want, you know, but – um, but yeah, so I, it, like, we'll see. Um, I think Belichick would be maybe like most Cowboys fans first choice, but to me, like, again, you've like, not without Tom Brady, I think maybe Mike Vrabel and his style might be kind of what they need. Right. Yeah. Like, I, but- I, I was surprised when he didn't even get a, a, a glance at the Patriots open job, even though they went with Jared Mayo, which I thought was a good fit, but yeah, I, I, I would prefer, as a Cowboy fan, for them to go with Mike Vrabel 
over Bill Belichick because he's younger. He has proven that he can be successful. And he's taken some Titans teams that did not have a very deep roster deep into playoff runs with yeah. Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback. Yeah. And look, you could, uh, you know, maybe convince his running back who's still very good. I, and I think Tony Pollard, he's a fantastic running back, but he, he needs a 1A in order well, for him to look, utilize his, his I, absolute talents. I think they need to thunder and lightning that. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah, they need to thunder and lightning it and, and really do that. I, I, um, I hope that, like, whoever – because Mike Vrabel's a defensive coach. They're going to lose Dan Quinn anyway. He's going to be a head coach probably in Seattle. They're going to lose Dan Quinn. So – they're going to have to have a new – the new staff is coming, no matter what. So, with the guys you have, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and Deron Bland and Trayvon Diggs will be back next year, and, like, all these great things you got going on, I think they're probably going to bring back Stephon Gilmore, if I, if I had to guess, just because he's at the point in his career where you can probably get him on good-for-both-of-you deals. Where It's not a team discount, but it's also, like, he's not going to go sign a five-year, $75 million deal yeah. somewhere, so you can get him on – a team-friendly deal. By, and NF then, by NFL standards, he's a fossil, yeah. but, although a very good one. Yeah, I mean, and I'll say this. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about extending Dak and all that. I give Dak, like, and I like Dak, but I do think they need to get to the point of, like, look, buddy, you got to start winning the playoffs, and we're going to do everything we can to help you do that, but we're not going to give you an extension until we see that happen. And an NFC championship appearance at the minimum. Yeah. Like, I'm not one of these people, like, Dak's got to go, but I do think they need to put Dak on the clock a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, the Dak haters, they actually have water to carry in their argument right now. Yeah. The, the water to carry was empty most of the year, right? Oh, like, big it was time. fantastic. And then, like, they get to the playoffs, and he played his worst game of the entire year. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, he did. Everybody did. Like, yeah, the, there wasn't – I wondered how, how hot Dan Quinn was going to be after that performance because it wasn't just the offense. The defense, I, the Packers only punted like once or twice, I believe. I think they three times, but like the last one was, you know. Yeah, when, when Sean Clifford was taking snaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clifford the big red dog could have taken a snap <laughs> in that game. It would not have mattered uh, at the end. Um, and yeah, 48 to 32 doesn't tell the story of that game. You know, that game was really about 48 to 15. Like, honestly, that was the score of that game, the way I look at it. I mean, it was just such a pants-down spanking. It, embarrassing, even. So, mm -hmm. I... And, I mean, kudos to the Packers. As much as I hate that sentence with all of my soul, but Jordan Love, he is peaking at the exact right time in his well, career. Yeah, and he's about to, like, you know, he's about to get a big new contract, which he's, I think, totally earned and shown that, like, the guy, like... They here's the other thing. They built that team like they went on a youth movement. They probably need to get better on the offensive line, but every decision they've made is starting to work out for them. And the young guys are starting to to come together, especially the wide receiver. Like everyone thought they were nuts for like going and getting, you know, like at least one veteran wide receiver in free agency to help Jordan Love out. And all worked out for them. Mm -hmm. All worked out. So the Packers just don't get first round wide receivers and you know, and, and the, here's the deal. Historically, if you look at through Favre and Rodgers, like Robert Brooks, Antonio Freeman, Javon Walker, well, Javon Walker was a was a first rounder. He played with Favre. Um, 
trying to I mean, think. Greg Jennings, or I mean, Greg, he might, yeah, he Greg, might have been early yeah, Greg, round. Greg Jennings wasn't a first rounder. Uh, Devontae Adams wasn't a first rounder. Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson wasn't a first rounder. Randall Cobb. Uh, yeah, Randall Cobb. Antonio, I'd say Antonio Freeman yet. I don't think so. Antonio Freeman, like Donald Driver, for God's sakes. Like they just, that's what the Packers do, no matter who the quarterback is. And they just find guys that make plays. And now it's Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and Dontavian Wicks. It makes me so angry because you're, you're supposed to go through hard times at some point, right? Yes. No, like Jack is on his way back from a bachelor party in New Orleans. And oh, he must be so sad. Yeah. I honestly. You know he is. There is no way that the first words I say to Jack, he's back tomorrow, right, Garrett? I believe yeah, he should be back tomorrow. I mean, based on the roads and everything. But he's back tomorrow. It is 90-10 that he does not get a very warm hello from me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I only say that because maybe I wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, I like the world again. I don't know. It's, we'll see. I it's mean, there's, there, go there's a reason why I'm wearing this very loud Texas Rangers World Series hat because I have to celebrate one of my teams that wins. Yeah, no, and look, you should. You should wear that hat. Although, like, here, this is just how Dallas sports fans have to deal with it. Hey, the Rangers won the World Series, but oh, wait, they might not have the TV money to go sign free agents <laughs> <laughs> because Diamond Sports Group is in bankruptcy court. Wonderful. <laughs> and want- then the judge like, hey, we'd like to push this back. And the Rangers like, no. And Diamond's like, yes. And the judge is like, you know what? I'm going to side with the Diamond Sports Group. You're like, ah, we would, you know, like to sign a pitcher. <laughs> Somebody, uh, anybody, just please let us do something. All right, that's going to do it for us. Jacob, thanks for hopping yeah. in today. Certainly appreciate it. Always love seeing you, buddy. Garrett, great stuff. When uh, on the, the main show today, uh, Cole Kubelik. Uh, 315, pretty much off the top. Uh, we'll talk SEC with him and Kalen DeBoer and, and how it kicked off those dominoes. He's a great guest. Mm-hmm. Great, great guest. Uh, Jason Shear will talk Arizona with us. Another great guest. And at 430, Dave Softy Mahler takes us through the roller coaster of emotions that was Washington Fans Week this week. National Championship game, National Championship loss, coach leaves, new coach coming in. Like, that's like getting married, divorced, and remarried <laughs> in the same week. <laughs> like engaged. And having a kid somewhere in that mix yeah. too. And yeah, absolutely. Like somewhere in there, all that. And then like, I guess the national championship loss would have been like that kid's uh, troubled trip to like military school. <laughs> a dark period in your life, but he came through it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, possibly another guest, but we can't talk about it right now because we don't know uh, that guy's schedule, but we're going to get him on this week. I know this is the triple option on 365 sports. Stay safe out there, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving.